Hello, everybody, and welcome to another podcast, YouTube Q&A series. This is episode number two with Chris from Miller Lumber. He is the vice president of... Operations. Operations. So uh, lumber's definitely been a big, big topic in the last couple of years since COVID hit. And we just wanted to get Chris in the room here and talk a little bit about um, you know, the lead times, the struggle with labor, the, the futures, how to read the market when you see it on there. So the first question for Chris would be, if someone happens to see the lumber futures on their phone on the stock app, or CNBC or wherever online, what does that mean for you guys? When do we see that price locally here in Lincoln or Omaha? Right, so the the futures number that you see on either CNBC or the Chicago Mercantile Exchange is basically a future price that the market is assuming the lumber price index will be. So for years, there's always been a lumber index of what the cash price is now that lumberyards like us look at on a daily basis. Okay. Um, what the futures is trying to do is trying to predict what that's going to be in about two or four months from now. Two to four months. Two okay. to four months or even further out. Um, okay. So it's not a perfect tagline to what the actual cash price of lumber is. But again, the only reason that we're talking about it now is because the volatility in lumber prices the last two years. Mm-hmm. Prior to that, we lived in the flatlands. It would go up five bucks, down five bucks. Now we're talking $45 in one day. So in a short span of time, depending on what this supply chain crunch has done and this high housing demand has done in the last mm-hmm. two years since COVID has happened, we've seen record highs and record lows that we've never thought we'd ever see before. And a lot of that has to do with the shutdowns from the early COVID days. I mean, at the beginning of COVID, everyone in our construction industry thought housing would tank. You know, who the heck is going to buy housing when yeah. who knows what the economy is going to do with COVID? Well, the, the reverse happened. People wanted to move out of their apartments, get a place with a backyard, mm-hmm. put a pool in their backyard since they can't go on vacation. So construction just boomed. Yeah. And low mortgage rates helped with that too. Yeah, so, the demand was through the roof for, for right. a lot of things. So as mills, lumber mills and all that cut production down mm-hmm. uh, and other supply chain issues like rail and uh, trucking started having issues, well, demand kicked up. People were running out of lumber, so the price was just skyrocketing through the moon. Right. Uh, about summer of 2020 is when it all started going crazy. Where, where does a lot of your guys' lumber come from? Like, is there a certain, I mean, is it Canada? Is it, uh, where, where does a lot of your lumber come A lot from? of the SPF lumber comes from Canada. Okay. Um, and Canada, obviously, as we all know, had worse lockdowns than uh, the United States did. If you remember, people were paying, uh, the government in the United States is paying people to uh, stay home uh, since they were all losing their jobs and businesses were closing down. Yep. Canada had that issue for far longer than uh, we did in the United States. So as we're trying to get more and more lumber out of the production mills up in Canada, they didn't have enough workers to keep their factories and everything, plants in operation. Right. So there was a major issue of producing lumber at the beginning of COVID. Mm-hmm. And then you hear stories about there's miles and miles of lumber stacked up and all that stuff. That's true, they saw the production crisis, but then they couldn't get the trucking and the rail cars to get it from point A to point B and then point C, which is our lumber yard. Right, and then recently we heard about floods and fires and all this other stuff that's affecting it. And I'm, yep. sure, I'm sure most that's true, but some of it's probably everyone a little overreacting as well. That is true. Um, so there was some major flooding the week before Thanksgiving this last year in Canada that wiped out roads, it wiped out, wiped out rail. Some towns are probably still underwater from it. And you know we didn't see an immediate reaction of lumber prices going up, but it took a few weeks and mm-hmm. yeah, once supply became really constrained, it 
And man, this has been the busiest construction winter I've ever seen, especially here in the Midwest. Yeah. We're, in such a, we're in such a drought right now. We're usually trying to deliver lumber in piles of snow. Yeah, we haven't had that here in Nebraska. We've scooped snow maybe twice. Yeah. <laughs> and they've been a couple inches of snow. Yeah. And I mean, no, no rain. <laughs> so. And you know, fortunately, builders this last year, they planned ahead just mm -hmm. because of the strong housing demand. I talked to many builders like you mm -hmm. that were putting foundations, holes in the ground well in advance just to prepare so they can build all winter. Well, they, they planned ahead right. Well, the problem is lumberyards like us, we plan for slower months in the winter. So we buy a little bit less lumber during the winter than we do in the summer months. And it was opposite, or, yeah, opposite but it just kept going. <laughs> supply and demand again. Yeah. Uh, supply was low and your demand was high. So you know. So speaking of the demand, what's that done to your to your lead times? So um, a lead time would be the production time from when I tell um, you know Chris, uh, hey, we got a job, we want trusses in X weeks. What's your guys' lead time for um, rough trusses? Four trusses, maybe the wall panels. What? Yeah, so demand has exacerbated the issue and we have a supply issue that I'll touch next. So every home builder that I've talked to in the Omaha and Lincoln markets, they're building more homes than they did years prior. Mm -hmm. So even without you know growing our customer base necessarily, there's just more demand. So a lot of markets, we had an issue with I-joist floor systems about a year and a half ago. So a lot of people switched to floor trusses. Mm -hmm. So that has pushed our lead times out anywhere in the 14 week lead time. And probably the number one issue that's causing the truss lead time issues is steel truss plates. Really? The little steel truss plates that connect yeah. wood together, hmm. most of it comes from China. And you see those boats parked on the dock, on the port? They're holding them. Yeah, they're, hold, they're holding <laughs> it. So us getting enough steel truss plates. Who thought? Yeah, hmm. so we're, we've been on our allocation since May of this last year. We used to be able to order an unlimited supply. Now you're limited to an allocation. So we have to, we, we, we can't build more trusses than we could a year or two It's ago. just amazing what the COVID's done to yeah. everything. I mean, just something as simple as those small plates, gussets, whatever yeah. you call them. Um, it's unbelievable. So as far as the supply. Um, so the supply side, um, you know, labor shortage, trucking shortage is the number one issue that's causing issues. You know, this last month during the COVID Omicron wave, you know, at one point we have roughly 300 employees and about 15% of them in January were at home sick with COVID, the flu, any other cold-like symptoms. So not having enough workforce in our shops to produce this stuff hurts. And on top of that, the state of Nebraska has the lowest unemployment rate out of every state in the entire country in all of history. In all of history, yeah. Omaha and Lincoln are the two lar two largest cities with the lowest unemployment rate. Like in the rate. ones or something, right? Yeah, so, or, it's crazy. So, so you yeah, know, we have all these places that don't have people. I, and, that's another topic, and, right? and we've got housing <laughs> popping up out of the, everywhere. Apartments are being built, housing are being built. What are these people doing? We need yeah. them to work, and where are they coming from? Right, right. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Um, so as far as the, your, the plant where you guys produce the trusses and, yep. and all that stuff, are they working 24 hours a day? Are they working... 12 hours a day, what's that look like? So we have two shifts, so we're working about 20 hours a day. Um, we switched, just, just to try and encourage more people to come work for us, we switched our schedule from five day work weeks to four 10 hour shifts, Monday mm. through Thursday. I love people like that. With Friday being mandatory overtime, mm. if necessary, mm -hmm. and Saturday being optional overtime. Okay. We're working all the way through Saturday yeah. right now. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's the stuff that the general public, and even us as builders, you know, while we're 
while we're sleeping at night, they're right. You know, they're working hard, and you know they're they're building trusses or you know whatever it is just to keep up with the demand. And yeah. Um. So was there like five years ago? Were you guys also working twenty hours or whatever, or were you only working maybe eighteen or like? We don't even have to look five years ago. Back in early in twenty nineteen, we were you know working. Our guys were working forty hours a week. No overtime necessary. Just. There just wasn't as many houses being built back then, but uh, at the start of COVID, when interest rates really plummeted, mm -hmm. mortgage rates became affordable, and just the overall economy in the last four or five years just finally got some legs under it. You know, I, I lived in the 2008 financial housing mm -hmm. depression mm -hmm. uh, that we had. That was that was a shock for me. I was in college at the time, yep. and you know, we had unfortunately we had to let go of some employees at that time because there wasn't enough housing being built. Well, what we saw was a 15-year depressed housing cycle. Not enough houses were being built because so many home builders and suppliers like us got mm -hmm. burned so badly in 2008 that housing was being underdeveloped. Um, yep. Kids coming out of college weren't finding jobs. They were moving back home with mom and dad for a few years, getting some sort of job, building up equity. Well, now that we're past that 10, 15 year housing depression, people are ready to finally get into a house after they have equity built up. We're in a different situation than we were in Yeah, we're, we're really playing catch up. I know, I think, in Lincoln specifically, around 2008, nine, when the crash happened, I think there was between two and three thousand homes on the market for sale. Yeah. Right now, as of last week, I was just told there was anywhere from sixty to seventy existing homes for sale. That does not include new construction, and that does not include townhomes. Yeah. So just a single family existing home that was previously built, sixty-ish, um, you yep. take ten um, homes were on the market last week. Yeah. And so we've got. Obviously, a huge you know seller's market. And the buyers are you're going through multiple offers, and way over asking, and um, they're having issues with appraisals and all that other stuff. So um, it's just it's interesting to hear the backstory of you know the lumber and, and the challenges you guys have faced, and the stuff that the that the public doesn't understand. And mm -hmm. uh, that's the you know the reason for these videos and, and just to help educate everybody and and bring you guys more value from us. Um, as far as um, any other challenges that you guys want, you want to share with anybody here? Um, I mean, it's, just, you know, housing affordability is just overall a major issue that we're all talking about, and there's not one good solution to solve the crisis. Mm -hmm. You know, again, 15 years of a lack of housing building is a major issue that's going to take a while to dig ourselves out of. The raw input costs, high lumber prices, high window prices, high appliances, Garage doors. Have you had issues with garage doors? 18 to 20 weeks. <laughs> 18 to 20 weeks for garage doors. So Wind windows 20, I mean 16 to 20. It I know used another, to be four weeks yeah. and you get windows. Yeah. Another manufacturer, um, we were told they were around 30 weeks. So uh, yeah. it is anywhere from, yeah, anywhere from three months to six months. <laughs> so really, I mean, unfortunately, you need to tell your clients or whatever that patience is a virtue these days. Yep. Um, it, it's a hard thing to swallow, but... You know, every, the builders got to plan ahead. The suppliers got to plan then, ahead. You know, the other thing, the indirect cost that I call them would be, you know, if the job takes longer, we got construction loan interest. We yep. got other, you know, carrying costs. We got toilets that sit there, dumpsters. You know, there's all that other stuff that affects it, but yep. increases the construction cost. Right. So it's not just waiting for windows. There's all the other stuff that's a domino effect. And on the labor side, I mean, you're trying to coordinate how many different trades will work on one house of yeah, yours? Framers, electricians, yeah. plumbers? Really, quite a few. So you're, so you're trying to juggle all of that yep. and trying to hope the house gets built and they're on schedule so they're not having to move off your jobs. Yep. And, and as, can, a, as a lumber supplier, a material supplier, I want to try and 
serve you the best we can with real honest dates yeah. so that all your trades can get in line and hopefully a house can get built on time. Yeah. So the key for us and the challenges for us would be just planning ahead and just making sure the subs understand, hey, in three weeks you got to be here to start roughings because Lincoln's only so big and there's only so many qualified subcontractors that we yep. want on our team. Yep. And, um, you know, if we don't call them three weeks or five weeks in advance telling them to be there to start framing or whatever it is, we're, we're not going to get them. Right. we got to wait another five weeks or whatever. So um, it's just, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of challenges, not just lumber, um, to a building we've been going through here recently with COVID. So, um, well, Chris, I appreciate you coming in here and talking Absolutely. about the, the lumber and just all the challenges that we've had with, with prices, you know, how to read the market, um, the manufacturing lead times due to labor shortages. Um, so yeah, if you and guys, oh, go ahead. And again, yeah, pr pricing, volatility, supply chain issues. Unfortunately, I see issues for the next few years. I mean, unless interest rates really spike up and slow mm -hmm. down home building, which I don't see happening, it, it could temper it a little bit. But I think with all the logistics, the lack of labor nationwide, even in Canada, yeah. we're going to continue to see struggles. I mean, it's going to be a roller coaster for the next few years. Once you see lumber prices come down again, I think it'll be short lived. Yeah. No, it's yeah, it's uh. <laughs> We have a huge demand, and like we said before, there's a we're still trying to catch up from yep. the 2008 yep. shortage when there's only so many permits filed and homes built. That's so, right. Um, well, I appreciate everybody tuning into this, and uh, if you have any questions about the lumber market or just how that works, feel free to send us a message. And again, thank you, Chris, so much for coming on today. And Absolutely. It. Thanks for having me. All right. Thank you.